HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. With more than 30 weekly podcasts, HRN has something for every food lover. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. HRN is home to transformative exchanges about food. We hope our diverse lineup of shows opens your eyes, educates, and empowers. I spent seven years working in the restaurant and bar industry in front of house and back of house. And I just feel like Heritage Radio Network's content helps me feel so well connected to the other creators and chefs and restaurateurs and all the amazing things that they're doing. I still feel like I get to be a part of the kind of in team. Join us during our summer membership drive by donating and becoming a member. Members play an essential role in keeping nonprofit food radio on the air. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate to become a member today. We thank you for your support. Help the people who help Oaxaca. Since 2009, Seconda has been supporting Oaxaca's underserved communities. Almost 5,000 people annually see their lives improved by this Mexican NGO. They've built and stocked six green libraries and four rain harvest hygiene stations, benefiting around 800 children and youth. And they've provided training and business coaching for over 120 female entrepreneurs. And much of that work has been done with the recycler communities that have grown around the garbage dump sites in Zachila. All of that, really, is just the tip of an ever-growing iceberg. They've also supported legislation and implemented localized trainings designed to prevent sexual violence against girls and youth, eliminate child labor, forced labor, and violations of labor rights in Mexico's sugarcane and coffee sectors, and address the causes of gender inequality. And their small staff has done all of this without ever having offices of their own. For the past 13 years, Seconda has been hosted within the premises of a local bakery, a very kind gift from a very good corporation. But Seconda now needs their own home. They've acquired a plot of land and found an architectural firm, Sandspont Architectura, willing to donate their time to develop plans. Now we need to raise the money to make those plans a reality. 
The cost of these new offices is around $100,000 U.S. They've received a matching grant from 818 Tequila that will cover half of that if we can raise the other $50,000. Seconda has done so much to help so many. We're asking you now to help Seconda. Help them build offices that will enable them to continue their existing work and to expand their programs that make Mexico more just and equitable. Make your fully tax-deductible contributions for Seconda at buildoaxaca.com. That's buildoaxaca.com. And thanks. Bank. I am Chava Perivan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps green gangs, bartenders, been artists, and agave, agave spirits in rural Mexico. Pew, 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 pew. And today we're talking about something that annoys the hell out of you, Lou. What are we talking about? <laughs> yes, it is something that annoys the hell out of me. So, um, uh, you know, if you've been reading articles lately about- Nobody has. Huh? No, nah, nothing. Go, go, go. Nobody has been reading articles about Mezcal lately. Nobody has. No, magazines, newspapers, nobody has been talking about Mezcal. Okay, so I've been reading a lot of them. People have been writing them, and I've been reading them. They're writing them just for me, and apparently they're trying to push my buttons. And I say this, Chava, because, yeah, that you like that. Yeah. And I say this, Chava, because, you know, one of the things that uh, that historically has happened, well, I, I'm going to say with Mezcal, but really it happens all over the place with all things, is somebody will include in an article a quote unquote fact. Mm. And then other people will repeat that fact, quote unquote fact. And then suddenly it becomes fact, even if it's not factual. Okay. So I think we should very quickly get into what we're talking about, because I do have a, a few thoughts of why that is the case about this case in particular. Sure. And uh, this game in particular has to do with that they burst it in the category. So actually one of the most important parts of this whole category of mezcal, I think. Yeah, sure. The, the the source from which the sugar is obtained to make mezcal. It comes from what plant, Chava? It comes from the agave. And tell me, Chava, how many different kinds of agave can be used to make mezcal? This is good. It's really exciting. Or at least this is actually the one thing that drew me into mezcal. And I think if I were to be quoting one of the many articles that you're referring to, yeah. the quick answer is 40 no, 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 it's not 40. This is the thing that makes oh, me even more annoyed. Oh. I keep reading over and over again the same thing, which is more than 40 varieties of agave can be used to make mezcal, or it's between 40 and 50 species mm. of agave. And the truth is, well, if you're saying between 40 and 50, again, that's accurate, but it's not limited to that. Is it more than 40? Wait, 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 wait. What? Why are you saying accurate? That it's uh, 40 to 50. Because it's accurate that there are more than 40 to 50 that can be used to make mezcal. Yeah, but... Uh, but, uh, but it'd, be like, it'd be like me saying that I am more than 10 years old. Uh, exactly. But my point here, first yeah. question to you is, why do you think this number 
has become so popular, like become so popular, the 4250. I have no freaking clue, Java. <laughs> it, it feels to me like somebody um, was was pressured for an answer to the question, well, how many different agaves can be used to make mezcal? And they're like, uh, it's, uh, it's over 40. Yeah, and, and was, you know, and there's was a safe spot. I'm sorry? That was a safe answer. It, it is. It's a safe answer because it's true. It's more than 40. But saying it's more than 40 suggests that it's not 159. Okay. So the the one thing that I, that I find it's very interesting in this case, too, is that you have hundreds of species of agave. So I don't. Well, no, you, uh, yeah, really, you only have one species of agave in your basement. We're right now recording in the famed, acclaimed basement, the flu bank, where you can find well, every... You know, so the... Yeah, you know, you're just boring me. Yeah, I know. So I know. now, uh, when, when... Oh, wait, cool, I've got it here. So the, um, the number that you sent me from an article in UNAM, and this is an older article, uh, older, it's 2018, but mm. that article said that there were 211 species. Okay, we'll get back to the second. 211 uh, species of agave that have been identified to date. And documented and that have a name, a last name, and that everybody is cool with saying that, okay, this Right, one, right, yeah. that's... Species. And then 159 of those were identified in Mexico. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay, yeah, yeah. So now, if uh, if you go by the legal definition of mezcal, which I tend to, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that means it has to be made in Mexico. And then, well, within, and then yeah, okay. Within nine states, because Sinaloa just got dropped like a <laughs> like a hot potato. I'm sorry, Mazatlan. We're very sorry. We really very, very to sorry. Had nothing to do with us. We were in support of you. So, you know, like a, a hundred, I don't know how many are in those states, but, you know, let's just say it's 159, because I like to say that. The thing to remember is that species, Chava. Yes, that doesn't consider varietals. So right. if you think about the whole complexity of wine, you have one species, Venus vitifera, and then everything that stems out of that is varietals. Here, I mean, then that's why this category is so mind-blowing. We have no freaking idea of how many varietals we're working with. And what? I... Oh. Right. And I get that. And you're starting to wax poetic. And I want to get oh, back to the point. Since we have no idea, shut up, 40. Who the hell says 40? Can I, you know what? I, I found, I found the bit in the gnome, the gnome is, which is the legal document that defines. The DO, the denomination of origin. No, that's a different well, thing. Well, uh, yeah, I understand. But okay. anyway. So the yeah. gnome is the legal uh, document that defines what is and what is not mezcal. Yes. Right? So let me just read the bit about uh, which agaves you can use mm -hmm. to make mezcal. May I do that, Java? Please, oh, better love. yet, let's get our friend Quetzalcoatl to do it. You, you up for that, Quetzalcoatl? Yeah, whatever. Okay, great. So take it away. Sure. So it's 4.1. Raw material for the production of mezcal. Cultivated or wild maguey's or agaves are allowed, whose biological development has taken place in the geographical area included in the resolution. C2.9. And their extraction is allowed by the competent authorities in accordance with the applicable laws. C11. 
The Magis, or Agaves, as well as the properties from which they come, must be registered and geo-referenced, I don't even know what that means, before the OEC, that's some kind of body, they think they're important. The Magis, or Agaves, must be ripe to be harvested. You must have the Magay, or Agave guide in the transfer of the raw material between a registered property and an authorized mezcal producer. Okay, so the quick conclusion out of this is you can use any agave under any the sun. Any agave. Including tequilana Weber. Including tequilana Weber. So you can use the tequila As agave. our friends at La Luna do, as our friends at La Venenosa do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of people doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so stop saying <laughs> at least 40, more than 40. Just say there's a lot of them, and you can use any one of them. And we don't know how many of them are out there. And to be honest, too, I think that, and let me speculate about this, I think that the 40, it's because a lot of people will claim that not every agave is suitable to make mezcal. And over and over again, we found that a lot of agaves that in some regions they thought they couldn't make mezcal with or they were not interested in, now they're playing with them and doing marvelous things. Well, yeah. Javali, and, and, Javali being a great example. Well, and, and I would go so far as to say if the agave exists, you can make booze out of it. Because for it to exist, it has to have the fundamental core structure that can be converted into fermentable sugars. Otherwise, the plant wouldn't exist. It needs energy. Yes, and the argument will be like it's tremendously expensive to work with this species of agave, but it's tremendously uh, expensive until someone is willing to pay for it. Right. So it's technically feasible and possible, but it just you might not have found the good the good buyer to do that. Right. Now, the question, though, that this brings up when Quetzalcoatl read that, uh, that brings up for me, mm. right, is uh, that that last part. You must have the Magay or Agave guide in the transfer of the raw material between a registered property and an authorized mezcal producer. And then and then that bit about it being geotagged. Is this a for real thing? It is a, uh, I mean, let me just, let me interpret what I think that says. Okay. I think what that says is if you're going to make mezcal from an agave, that agave must be recorded somewhere in the books of some authority of the Mexican government. Yeah, yeah, you need guides. How the hell can you make mezcal from wild agave then? Uh, It has to be. Uh, actually, that that's a really interesting question, but I think you can register the land that was where this wild agave was been growing, and then you have to tell the CRM, okay, I harvested this amount of tons yeah. of this agave from or this land. Or the CRM land. or some other uh, certifying other, body. Certifying body. Yeah, yeah. I still forget about that. And uh, basically, you're telling them, this piece of land that you certified that has agave, I extracted these amounts of tons, and you're giving me a guide that proves that this maguey was harvested from this land and is going to this distillery, and they're converting this agave into you know, all of that, yes, uh, except I even just realized not the CRM. In fact, anybody but the CRM because the CRM doesn't exist anymore. Oh, yeah, correct. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, God, that is fascinating. And that actually happens. Yes. Uh, when you're running a distillery, you have a book, a notebook, where you have to say, I have this agave with these guides from this land. 
And the idea is that everything has to match. Is there many ways to... Uh, fudge? To, to fudge? fudge? Uh, I, yes. Uh, it's, uh, I'm guessing there will be because it is rarely the case that when you're harvesting, there will be an inspector in the place checking that the amount of tons that you're saying that are coming from that piece of land are really the amount of tons that you're getting in a truck. You know what I mean? I, I do know what you mean. It's interesting. So I think instead of people saying it can be made from uh, at least 40 uh, different kinds of agave, they should be saying as many kinds as you want, but it all has to be cataloged and registered with the Mexican government so that we know that we're not over harvesting, even though you and I both know that that's oh, bullshit. But it, but it that has nothing to do with that. over harvesting. Like no. this, this is not a management situation. Like you could be extremely ecologically offensive and still have this registered. Wait, so what's not, the, what, then what's the point? The Just point, to make sure it's from the... the... From the areas that have the animation of origin. Uh, yeah, that's the whole point. This I has get nothing that. to do with, uh, with yeah. over-harvesting at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's just making sure the money stays in the right places. Well, you, yeah, like you may be mocking this, but yeah, that, that it comes from the terroir that you're telling the people, from the land, from the place that you're telling the people that this agave is coming from. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, that yeah. works for me. That works for you. Okay, so the other thing that I, that I am... No, no, no. And, no, and I, I like this. I, I, Bring I, it on. I, I want to press this because the other thing that I believe we have touched in a few other episodes and that it's also not considered when people say this 40 agave piece is that it's not only from the heart of the agave that you can make mezcal. You can make mezcal from the quiote. You can make mezcal with a combination between the heart, the quiote, and the leaves. There's not... Like and even in, just the straight up panka, right? Like we've seen that. Yeah. So I think that the the biggest disservice that these like just quick more than forty agaves thing does is that a it it cuts down the uh, still to be understood diversity that it's in the category, and the second is that it's uh, like I think the more I'm starting to understand agave, it's more like like butchering a lamb than just just a shrimp. In the shrimp, you eat the whole thing, right? So you're not thinking about the different parts of the shrimp. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And I think now, like, I've been, we've been visiting so many people around Mexico that really they they butcher their agaves in a different way. Sometimes they take out a little bit of the center because they say they're bitter. Some will leave more leaves and some will shave it like really close to the white part of the piña. Some will add some, uh, like a, a little bit of quiote to it. There is so many little adjustments that you do to the to, to this thing that I really think uh, it's closer to a butchering process. You know, it's, oh God, that's actually really lovely because it, it comes back to that idea of the 400 decisions. Yes. Right, yeah, yeah, that absolutely. there's these infinite decisions you're making, and each one of them affects the end result in a different way. Yeah, okay, I'm in for that. I like that. Okay, so and uh, I think then what what will be a way to say this that will please Senor Lu? Uh, so if somebody's interviewing you, yes, and they are asking you, well, how many different agaves could be used to make mezcal? The answer should be. You can use any agave and any part of the agave. Well, maybe not every part. What about the roots? 
You can use any agave, just stick with that part, (laughs) any agave. And the beauty of that is that it creates such diversity of flavors because there are at least 159 identified species. Forget about varietals, because when we say Karwinski, there's a lot of Karwinskis. So 159 identified species of agave in Mexico, the only place where you can make mezcal for now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not starting that fight. That's how I'd like to hear it answered. Like emphasize that, as you say, that diversity. Yes, yes. And the only thing that I would like to add to that, it's, but we believe that there's more than 500 out there. You believe there's yeah. more than 500. Yeah, 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 I don't yeah. I don't really, I don't know. I don't really care at this point. The names are confusing me. I just don't want anybody limiting it to 40, at least 40. Okay, that's okay. it. So uh, I think you got this out of your chest. I was happy to say a few things. Uh, I think that's it. Hasta pronto. Ahí nos vemos. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lubank and Chava Periban. Sound Engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. A Gabby Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly, eat responsibly too, and listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.